This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. series called Celebrating Our Liberty. Celebrating Our Liberty. You know, we're looking in uh, Luke chapter 4. As a matter of fact, you can go ahead and find that. We're going to read it here in just a minute. But Jesus in Luke 4, you know, he talked about declaring something. He declared liberty. He said, today I'm declaring to you liberty, freedom for the captive, Recovering of sight to the blind. And he went on and listed all those things. And remember we said that just like with our Declaration of Independence, just like the Emancipation Proclamation, that before there is liberty that becomes a reality, it must first be declared. Now here's the thing. What are you saying? You know, many times when we find ourselves in the midst of a problem, facing an obstacle, or maybe we even uh, find ourselves captive, held captive by something, all we do is talk about that. It's easy to do, isn't it? It's just easy to talk about the squeaky door. It's always easy to talk about the squeaky wheel. It's always easy to see what's not right staring you in the face. But at some point in time, we've learned that we've got to stand up and say, you know what? I am declaring that Jesus has set me free. I am declaring that I'm no longer bound and held captive. And we said that after we declare that liberty, it's always followed with what? Conflict. That's why the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. Isn't that right? Now, we know that Jesus went to Calvary. We looked at that. And at Calvary, Jesus not only paid the price for our sins, not only carried our sicknesses and diseases, but the Scriptures teach us in Colossians that He defeated the whole kingdom and dominion of Satan and darkness and has liberated us from His authority. So if the enemy is trying to bind you up and get you bound with bitterness or rejection or unworthiness or hurt or guilt or sickness or whatever it may be, you need to stand up and say, not so. Jesus has declared that I am liberated. He has paid the price, and now I'm going to stand against that. Amen? Amen. So that's kind of a brief uh, summation if you missed him. Uh, up until now. Today, we're going to read it again. I'm going to read out of the Amplified today, verse 18. You know, it says, Jesus went to Nazareth. He found the place where it was written when they gave him the book of Isaiah, the scroll, actually. And in verse 18, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind." To send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. That covers a lot, doesn't it? To proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and free favors of God profusely abound. Woo, I like that. I said, I like that. Listen. That's what Jesus said. 
Now, if somebody in the White House can pass a law, a declaration to set men free in the natural, how much more can the King of Glory declare and make a declaration that he backed up by his own blood and his own grace and his own power, and he makes this kind of declaration to you and I, why do we stay bound? Healing for the brokenhearted we're going to talk about today. You know, there are many people who wrestle with some form of emotional hurt in their lives. You know, even though our childhood is brief, the hurt caused in those early days can linger on into adulthood, can it? Sometimes our hurt is a result from other people's actions against us. Sometimes it's our own actions, isn't it? Sometimes it's an un- it can come from an a unexpected calamity like Jesus talked about. The loss of a loved one, a divorce, a loss of jobs, all kinds of things. You know, in those moments, there's pain that enters our life. And I just, you know, I'm not trying to be negative, but I just got to tell you like it is. To live life is to experience hurt. You know, I wish I could tell you, man, you come to Jesus and it's just, it's just all roses. So it doesn't take much to end up with a broken heart, does it? Many times a deep-rooted hurts can lead to anger, resentment, bitterness, feeling unworthy, guilty. Rejected, all of those things. Uh, how many of you ever seen the movie Forrest Gump? There's a scene in there that 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 was really striking to me. You know where Jenny, who, who grew up, you know, just down the road from me, his longtime girlfriend, she goes back to her hometown, and of course, in her home, she experienced a lot of abuse and a hurt and hurt from her dad. And as she and Forrest walk towards the house where she grew up. She begins to remember those hurts and all. They come bubbling up. So she picks up rocks and begins to throw them at the house. And she keeps throwing and throwing and throwing until finally she breaks one of the windows out and she just falls down on the ground. And, of course, Forrest, he sits down beside her, you know, as far as could. He said this. He said, sometimes there aren't enough rocks. Do you ever want to throw rocks at those who've hurt you? But you know what? There are never enough rocks. No matter how many rocks you throw, no matter how many windows you break out, there's just not enough rocks, is it? So pain may be inevitable with God's grace, God's love, and God's power. Healing is possible. Isn't that right? So I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you feel broken beyond repair? You know, sometimes, you know, I, you, you, you take something in to be repaired. It might be, I remember, you know, when I was in college, you know, I had a 19, oh boy, I'm going to give away my age here, 1967 Valiant, Plymouth Valiant. I don't even think they make them anymore, you know. They, they might have one in a museum somewhere. Man, this thing, you talk, man, it was just, I mean, you know, it was one of those things you had to coax all the time to keep it together. You know, the, you know it was a, a, it was, we used to call them three on the tree. It was a gear column up here on the, you know, where you had to have the clutch. For all you young people, you know, the clutch is, you know, you have two, instead of two pedals, you have three pedals down there. One's a clutch, one's a brake, one's a gas. 
And man, that thing, you know, it was so worn out, you know, when I'd try to change gears, it would hang up. And you couldn't get it into any gear, it was just hung up. And I got to be an expert, man, especially if I was at a red light. I, that thing hang up at a red light, I could pop the hood, get out, unjam it, get, shut the hood, get back in before the light ever changed. Man, you know, and man, that thing was just an old jalopy. Holy cow. Oh. You know, and I was driving that thing, you know, in college, and I was, you know, you know, I didn't have anybody to help me. I was just having to do the best I could. I didn't know the Lord. I was just doing the best I could. You know, it wasn't all that good either, but it was the best I could. But, you know, you know, eventually that thing just became so worn out, just, you know, just so many miles, just so much on it that, that finally, you know, you take it into the, you know, the workshop to get something done on it. And the guy just said, you know, he said, it's just not worth repairing. You know, so you just, you know, you just sell it off for junk, scrap metal, just no good. You know, and sometimes we can feel like that with our life. We can just feel like, man, I'm just, I feel broken beyond repair. I, I was hurt. I was crushed. I was abused. I was rejected. I, I just, I just feel like I'm no good. I'm not worth anything to anybody. And we can just feel sometimes like we're broken beyond repair. Anybody know what I'm talking about? couple of us. Well, ask those people that said, yeah, they'll tell you. But you know this word here where he talks about uh, uh, being bruised. I think the King James translates it bruised. He said the bruises of Satan. That, that word bruised there really means to be crushed and to be shattered. To be crushed and to be shattered. That's one thing to be hurt. But boy, when something is shattered, now, you might, you know, a, a vase or a lamp or something like that may get broken. You may be able to glue it back together. You may be able to repair it. But if it's shattered into thousands of pieces, who can put that back together? And maybe you feel that way. Maybe, maybe there, there's been a sadness and grief that just, even though you're a Christian and you're doing your best to follow the Lord, you just, you don't know about that joy. Everybody talks about joy. You say, what joy? I don't have any joy. And Jesus, these are the very people Jesus said, I've come to make you whole again. I've come to make you free again. I've come to put back the shattered pieces of your life, of that, to heal that rejection, to heal that abuse, to heal that where you feel like you're no good to anybody and not even to God. He said, I've, those, he said those are the people I have come for. Oh, Hallelujah. You know, I read over there, you know, where Paul talks about, he said, not many mighty, not many noble, not many, you know, worthy, not many smart, not many. And he goes on and talks about the not many, and I thought, man, I'm so glad because I'm in that. As a matter of fact, I'm, I was almost overqualified to be in the not many. He's come, he said, to put the crushed, the shattered life together, the abused and the rejected. May you feel like Jenny here. You're just mad. I remember, you know, I've shared it before, but you know, I grew up, uh, you know, I mean, you know, we were so poor, the poor thought we were poor. I mean, we were poor. I mean, I don't have time to go into it, but I mean, this is why I don't, somebody said, oh, well, I'll tell you, I just think poverty is a blessing. Well, you ain't had enough of it. Man, I grew up, we used to call it dirt poor. 
dirt poor. I mean, you know, if it cost a, a nickel to go around the world, I couldn't get out of sight. I mean, we was broke. Broke. You know, sometimes you didn't know where the next meal coming from. Tell me where the blessing is in that. But I know what it's like to be broke. I know what it's like to be like that. You know, and of course, you know, when you're poor, everybody loves you. <laughs> Not. No. There were people clamoring to help me. You know, they just told me, you, you know, you're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to, you know, nothing, you know, just give it up now. Just settle for the minimum. But you can get abused. You know, my dad was an alcoholic, and it's easy to get, feel abused and rejected. You know? He'd come home from school, and I took care of my little brother. You know, we didn't, we didn't know what latchkey and all that was. You know, we were just poor. We were broke. Somebody, you don't know what I'm talking about, but. You ever felt, un, you know, and you grow up that way, and as you come into adult life, that can make you feel unworthy and undeserving. Well, there must be some reason why I'm, you know, why I'm broken. They're not. Must be because I'm bad. My, I must come from a bad family. I must, it must be bad genes or bad karma or bad something. I don't know what it is. But it must be. And you can start feeling like it's your fault. And then even, you know, after that, even if you... Begin to prosper a little bit. You can feel guilty for prospering. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we not only abused and rejected, but we can feel beaten up and beaten down. This is why so many people have a spirit of timidity about them. Well, I'm not going to speak up. I'm not going to say anything because, you know, I'm no good. I mean, life has taught me that. I mean, even my parents taught me that. Everybody I grew up taught me that. You're no good. You won't amount to anything. You're, you're not worthy. You're undeserving. And so you can get a spirit of timidity about you. And then when you come over, you know, into the things of God, I mean, the first time, you know, an obstacle or a problem hits you, you just lay down like a mat because that's what I was taught to do. You don't, I mean, you don't rise up and fight and say, oh, I'll tell you what, I'm not standing for this. You just kind of lay down. And there can be a hopelessness that can settle on you. This is what Jesus is talking about when he says, he said, the brokenhearted, the crushed, those in despair, those without hope, those that feel beaten down and timid and fearful. He said, those are the very ones broken beyond repair. I've come to make whole. Now you know why it takes amazing grace to put us back together again. Amazing grace, we sang about that. And he said, this is what I've come. We're talking about celebrating our liberty. This is what Jesus has come to do. This is what Jesus wants to do in your life, in your family, in your loved ones. And you can be the instrument. You know, he told Peter, he said, Peter, he said, after, he said, I prayed for you. And he said, after you've made, you're made whole, he said, go help your brothers become whole. Isn't that what it's about? It's not just about me being blessed, 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 blessed. But it's, a, <clears throat> it's about me being blessed enough 
that I become free so that what? I can take a portion of this liberty I have received and give it to someone else. The place of healing. There is a place of healing. Jesus said, I have come, he said, for the release of the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and listen to this, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed. In other words, he says, I'm making a declaration over you. And you know, if you go on and read that incident there in Nazareth, they rejected the freedom that Jesus proclaimed. You know what it said? They had a very, to me, unusual reaction. They got mad. Isn't that interesting? Jesus said, I want to set you free. They got mad. Jesus said, I want you to be whole. They got mad. Jesus said, I'm going to put back the shattered pieces of your personality. They got mad. Jesus said, I want to heal your body. They got mad. That'd be like you having some symptoms. You go to the doctor and he diagnoses and says, you've got such and such kind of disease. But the good news is I, we've got a treatment for it and you can be completely recovered. And you get all mad and slug him. <laughs> what a crazy reaction. You go and read it though. He said they got so mad they tried to kill him. Aren't, you, aren't we funny as human beings? We're in misery, we're in pain, we're hurting, and yet when somebody comes along like Jesus and begins to declare that you can be free, we don't want to have anything to do with it. Now, if I can set myself free, I'll take that. How's that working out for you? (laughs) It didn't work out good for me. So the place of healing, look in Psalm 23. Psalm 23, again, I'm reading from the Amplified. We, we need to receive, and there is a place for this liberty, this healing that brings liberty to our crushed and broken emotions and personality and, and brings peace to our mind and restores us and renews us. And here in Psalm 23, a very familiar probably to most of us scripture, but let's look at this as a place of healing. A place of healing. It says here, the Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. Oh, I like that, don't you? I shall not lack. In the healing place, in the place of healing, what did he say? You shall not. Let's say that together. I shall not lack. Let's personalize it and say I. I shall not lack. I like that so good. Let's say that again. I shall not lack. This is the healing place, the place of healing. He said, you shall not lack. Well, let me ask you this morning. What are you lacking? Where are you lacking? Is Is it you need peace? You need joy? You need hope restored? You need your dreams restored? You need healing in your body. You need freedom from oppression on your mind, the guilt, the unworthiness you feel. Where is the lack? He says, if you come to the healing place, the place of healing, where the shepherd, the good shepherd is, Jesus is, he said, said, you will know no lack. 
There's healing for your lack. You know, some of our lives, sometimes it looks like a piece of Swiss cheese. I mean, there's cheese there. I mean, there's, there's some cheese there. But, man, you know what those holes represent? What? Areas where there's what? Lack. But Jesus says, he says, I've come, what? To fill in all the holes and to make you completely whole and to make you well. Now, here's the thing. Don't get mad about it. Get glad about it. Isn't that true? He says, verse 2, pardon me. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. Boy, that sounds good, doesn't it? He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life, myself. My life, myself. Now, I want to stop there for a moment. This word here where it says, he restores my life. That word there, restore. It, it, there's a threefold meaning in that. It means to rescue, to retrieve, and to recover. To rescue. He says, he restores or he rescues my life. You know, you may say, I'm in a storm. Everything's messed up in my life. Things are not right. I feel hopeless. I feel helpless. I feel like it's just about all over. I'm barely hanging on. I've got good news for you. He's come to rescue you. (laughs) Let him rescue you. You know, I read a story years ago about some men. They were on, you know, there at the docks, you know, where the ships, you know, unload, load the cargo and everything. And, and they were there and uh, they saw a man fall from the rigging of a, of a ship. He fell over into the water and they saw a man. And, you know, of course, he, he fell that far. It stunned him. He, he was going down and he was feebly coming up. And he went down for the second time and he was feebly coming up. And he went down for the third time. When he come up for the third time, there was another sailor on the deck there that saw it was waiting on him. And when he came up that, and started to go down that third time, he jumped in to rescue him. And the guy remarked to the other guy, I said, well, why did he wait so long? He said, because he has experience in pulling people out of the water. He said, if, if he jumped in while the man was still fighting and everything, he said, both of them could have been drowned. But he waited for him to just run out of almost all his strength where he couldn't fight him, and then he jumped in to rescue him. Some of you have been fighting so hard to keep afloat. Oh, you've been struggling, you've been worrying, you've been fretting, you've been praying, you've been, I mean, you've been doing this, you've been binding, you've been loosing, you've been agreeing, you've been disagreeing, you've been grumpy, you've been happy, you've been, you've done everything you know to do. You know what I'm talking about? And you feel like, man, you say, this is it, I'm going under. You're in a place to be rescued. I said, you're in a place to be rescued. And this restoring means God's going to rescue you. So if you're facing what seems like a hopeless, hopeless situation today, I've got good news for you. He said he restores, he rescues you, and he wants to rescue you this morning. Oh, it also means to retrieve. Obviously, if he's going to rescue you from the waters, you've got to be retrieved, don't you? He's going to retrieve you. He's going to retrieve. That means to me, he's going to restore your hope. You know, the the scriptures say in one place that 
that all the things, he said, where the, the canker worm has come in and eaten up and the locust have come in and eaten up. He said, all that army, he said, he said, I am going to come back and redeem you. And he said, all that, the, that, that has been destroyed and all that you've been lost, he said, I'm going to restore it to you. I'm going to restore that dream. I'm going to restore that relationship. I'm going to restore the healing that you need in your body, that peace of mind you need. It means to me, to retrieve means what? It means hope restored. <clears throat> and then it also means recover. Recover. You know, anybody ever been sick or maybe you had some surgery or something? You went through that, you know, you went through that time of, of sickness. Maybe you had a, a fever. Maybe you, you were up, you, you know, uh, you had all kinds of symptoms. Maybe you had pain in your body or you recovered from, or you had surgery or everything. Or maybe, you know, you, you, you're going through, you know, where those beautiful people in therapy take care of you. Uh, you know, and do you remember, can you remember when you were finally, completely recovered oh boy did that feel good you're just like boy it feels good to feel good doesn't it oh it feels so good I'm over that thing now I've recovered from that surgery I've recovered from that thing this is what we call the joy of wholeness this is what he's come to do Jesus said this in Luke 19 10 he said I have come to seek and to save that which was lost he didn't say those or them. He said that which was lost. What have you lost? What have you lost? You lost peace. You lost your way and direction. You lost the sense of the presence of God in your life. What have you lost? He said, I've come to find that for you and restore it as your shepherd. As the good shepherd. This is the place of healing. Now the place of healing. Is also a good place. It's a good place to be. You know I, I read. You know. That, or made that comment from. You know the, the, the movie there. Forrest Gump about Jenny. And you know there's an old saying. Probably everybody's heard it. Even the young people. You can't go home again. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I know uh, every time we go up to upstate New York, Cindy and I did it the last time. We always, we're not going to leave. It doesn't matter if we're up there for a day or for two weeks. We're going to ride by the home place. Going to ride by it. Going to ride right by there because she's got what? She's got good memories there, boy. Ride right by there. Did this over there. We used to do this over here. We used to do that over there. But you know, the, the sad thing is, along with the good memories we go, and whoever bought that property has just let it go down, 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 down. And then we look at that and we think, man, I remember, man, Cindy's dad, my father-in-law, he kept that place immaculate. Immaculate. I mean, everything was in its place. I mean, he's an ex-Marine. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It was right. He kept that house right. He kept everything repaired. The, the grounds, the, the property that had seven acres, he kept it immaculate. And they just let it grow up. And, and it's, it's just, uh, it breaks your heart. And you know, 
because of that, you know, kind of that saying comes out, you can't, come, you can't go home again. But I've got good news. When it comes to God, you can go home again. You can go home again. And really, <clears throat> this place of healing and wholeness, it has everything in the world to do of what? Going home again. Going home again. When you come back in relationship to the Father and to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, you've come home again, haven't you? That's why the Bible makes this striking analogy. He said, if any person is in Christ Jesus, what? They are a brand new person. King James is creature. <laughs> creation. You're a new creation. You're a brand new person. You know what's happened? You've come home again. You've come home again. That's the place of healing and wholeness that God has for us. So in this place of home again, there's some things that happen here as we've come home again that brings about this restoration. Now we know that we are a spirit. Isn't that right? The innermost part of our being, the Bible talks about, that is, that is the spirit of man. The Bible says we're three parts. We're spirit, we're soul, and we're body. You know, with our spirit, what? We contact God, don't we? With our soul, we contact what? The mental and emotional realm, don't we? And, of course, with our bodies, we know about our bodies, don't we? Because most people, even Christians, are more in tune with our bodies than we are anything else. Isn't that right? Because our bodies are always yelling, I want, I need, I want, I need, I want, I need. Isn't that right? But he says he's come to restore what? That soul. You ever, anybody ever restored a piece of furniture? Yeah, I know you guys have <laughs> so much. But, you know, here's the thing. You know, you didn't just, you know, you know, to restore that furniture basically means even though you go through a process, that process brings it back to what? To where it's like it was in its original state. That's the aim anyway, isn't it? The good news is about God is, is He is very, very able to bring all of us and restore us back to the state, our original state that we had with God, that God intended for us. His purpose, His plan, uh, His wholeness for our life, He's able to bring us back to that. So how does He restore us? We get a little intimation here. By looking again at Psalm 23, look here in verse 2 again. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life, myself. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with Him. Not for my earning it, but for His name's sake. Now, some things we see here. First of all, part of this restoration part process has to do with this. First of all, we have to make Jesus our shepherd. We make him our shepherd. See, sometimes we have become our own shepherd. We figure out what our life's supposed to be about. We figure out what we're supposed to do. We're trying to figure out where we need to go. We're trying to figure out what our next step is. We're trying to figure out how to meet our needs. We're trying to figure out how to meet our emotional needs. We're trying to... We're, Without realizing what we've abdicated, you know, or usurped really the shepherd 
And now we've become our own shepherd. And so we, we decide which way we're going to go. We decide what we're going to do. We decide how we're going to do all the different aspects of our life. How we're going to manage it without ever looking to and seeking the true shepherd. So the first thing, if you want to be restored, is what? You need to let Jesus and allow Jesus to be your shepherd. You know, even if we're a Christian sometimes, we can get caught up into that, can't we? Well, I've got to do something, and I'd better decide, and I'd better figure it out. And... But remember, it says in verse 1 there, He's going to feed, He's going to guide, He's going to shield me. So the first thing is, we need to let the shepherd become the shepherd, and then we need to feed, and we need to drink what He's provided. We need to feed and to drink in the, in the, in the pastures He provides. Now, we know this. That God's Word, what? Is food, isn't it? It's food for our spirit. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. He said, he compared it. He said, although it's even better, he said to the Jews, like the manna that that God sent down to, to sustain the Jews in the wilderness, he said, but I am that true and living manna that has come down. He said, you need to feed on me, Jesus said. And of course, we drink, what do we drink of? We drink of the Spirit, the living waters that God gives us through our faith connection with Jesus. Isn't that true? And we need to learn to let the Manna of heaven, the bread of heaven, and the water of the Spirit, what? Recover us. Heal us. You know, many times we seek healing from every other source. And that's not necessarily a wrong thing. But here's the thing. If we put first everything else, and then finally at the last we say, well, maybe I'll give God a shot at it. You know, maybe God can do something. Maybe God can bring some healing here. No, we need, to, we need to drink and we need to feed every day from His goodness. Every day from His Word. Every day. Then there's forgiveness. Notice He said He leads me in paths of righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with Him. Not for my earning it. But for His name's sake. In other words, all He's saying there is, is that we're saved by grace. We're forgiven by grace. And it's by God's grace and tender mercy that we are sustained every day. He said, not because you earned it. Remember I talked about the drowning man trying to save himself. He's beating the water. He's doing everything. And you know, some of, sometimes as Christians, we're, I mean, man, we're flailing. We're doing everything. Man, I mean, you know, we're doing everything. We're calling up the hotline. You got a word for me. Checking out the horoscope. Well, they don't call it a horoscope for nothing, do they? You know what you're going to find there? Horror. <laughs> Good Lord of mercy. I know nobody in here does that, but, you know, I have run into Christians that did that over you. You know, we're going to go down to Madam So-and-So's place and see if she's got a word for us. I got a word for you right here. And this is a good word. This is a sure word. This is a God word. 
This is a word that won't let you down. This is a word that won't leave you worse off than you were before you got it. Forgiveness. You know, some of you need to learn to forgive yourself. See, you you won't accept God's forgiveness because you don't think you deserve it. Well, you just don't know how many times I blew it. Well, I don't need to know how many times. you. I got nothing to do with whether or not God forgives you or not. I don't even need to know what you did for God to forgive you. It's really not my business. It's nobody else's business. It's between you and God. Isn't that right? Now, if what you did affected somebody else, you might need to go and get their forgiveness too. But we need to learn to forgive one another. Listen, that is the doorway back in to the healing place. You need to forgive yourself. You need to forgive others. And you need to allow God to forgive you. I remember my mom, bless her heart, wonderful mom, a lot of sacrifices she made uh, for us. But she grew up, you know, she came through the Depression. Any of you young people know what the Depression was? You read about it in the history books, Google it. The Great Depression. Well, she grew up in that, and you know, it, those were hard times. I mean, you know, people uh, out of jobs, out of money, out of luck, out of everything. I mean, they were, it was just tough. Tough, tough, tough all around, all over. You know, thousands and thousands of people just milling around on the streets looking for, scrounging around for something to eat. It was tough. So my mom grew up in that. And I, I believe it affected her to some degree. And so my mom, man, I'm telling you what, uh, you know, she, you talk about stretching a dollar bill. Woo, she could stretch it from here to there. You know, but she had that mentality. It affected her when she grew up like that. And I know many times, you know, as we, we kids, as we got a little older, we had, uh, you know, some means to help her out and to even bless her. I remember after she'd gone on to be with the Lord and we were going to the house and clearing out things, you know, I, we, I, every one of us kids, my, my older sister, my brother, we'd run across stuff still in the box we'd given her. She never wore. And, we, and I'd say, well, we gave that to her for such and such a birthday or for a Mother's Day. And, or my sister would say, I, we gave her. It was still in the box like new because she's saving it. She might need it. She's saving it. And see, we get that mentality on us, you know, that we just don't deserve. You know, I, I mean, yes, yeah, somebody, yeah, they gave this to me, but I'm not going to wear it. I'm just going to put it over here. And we read about all the promises of God and all about the forgiveness of God and all about the peace of God and all about what God wants to do in our life. But we, we won't allow ourselves to receive it. Listen, forgiveness is about not deserving something. If you, if you earn forgiveness, it's no longer forgiveness. Isn't that right? By definition. If I forgive a debt and you paid off that debt, I didn't forgive it. You paid it off. (laughs) Then he said, I'm going to protect you and guide you. All of this is the restoration process. He's going to guide us in the way that we should go. 
God doesn't want, want you living fearful or anxious with all kind of anxiety. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what if something happens and I lose it all? Well, then Jesus will give it back. The apostle Paul said himself, he said, I've had a lot and I've had nothing. I've been there. I can testify. You can lose everything. God can give it all back to you. He can restore it back. Can he, baby? And better. Come on. Going home again. Listen to this. Psalm 147.3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, curing their pains and their sorrows. He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to lead you in good paths of rest and peace. He wants to lead you where you can drink of the waters of the Spirit of God and and receive the life-giving food of God's Word to make you whole. He wants to bring forgiveness to you. He wants to bring wholeness into your life. And, you know, I call it, you know, when you're going home, you know, uh, it's something kind of good about going home. I remember when, especially when mom was still alive, man, I liked going home because, man, I'd go home and I could always talk mama into cooking my favorite food. <laughs> oh, mom, would you please? And she would. She would cook up my favorite food. Same way with our kids. Our kids come home, especially at the holidays, man, they want, man, they want, mom's got to cook this, and she's got to have that, she's got to, you know, why? Because, because what? That's home. That's home. You know what? We need to learn to feed from the Lord's table. Notice what he says down here. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me. You prepare a table. What table are you eating off of? The table of regret? The table of guilt, the table of unworthiness, of regret. What table are you eating? He says, you prepare a table before me. That's not the table the Lord prepared for you. He says, you prepare, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My brimming cup runs over. Now, here's the table of the Lord you're to eat from. Surely your only goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. Now, Jesus, in one place where he's talking about the Great Commission, he talks about, he said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, and he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Well, I want to tell you what, there are signs following those who are eating from the table of the Lord. You know what those signs following are? Only goodness and mercy and unfailing love. Those are the signs that follow those whose life is being restored and renewed and we're eating from the Lord's table. You know what you should expect? Goodness and mercy. Stop expecting calamity to show up. Stop expecting sickness to show up. Stop expecting Murphy's Law to be at work in your life. It's not Murphy's law. It's the law of, of salvation. It's the law uh, that's redeemed you from sin and death. It's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that sets you free. It is that law, goodness, mercy, 
unfailing love that's going to surprise you today, tomorrow, this week, next week, next month, next year, next decade, next two decades. That's what's following after you. That's what's following after you. Mm. He said, Only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And through the length of my days. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody says, wow, have you put enough away enough for retirement? I sure have, man. I've been laying up treasures in heaven for 40 years. <laughs> Woo. I just celebrated my 40th spiritual birthday. He says, all the length of my days, I'm going to dwell what? In the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. We're talking about celebrating our liberty, healing the brokenhearted. Now, here's the thing. With all that Jesus has come to do, You know what? We have a part to do. Now, real quickly, because my time is up, let me give you some things to help you to come to that place where you can eat from the Lord's table. You can come to that restoring, rescuing, recovery place that God has for you for your life. First thing, ask God for help in dealing with your hurts and pains. God wants you well. God wants you well. Secondly, acknowledge the deep-rooted hurts that you have experienced. You know, it's not because God doesn't know, but it's good for you to just, you know, just acknowledge. You know what? I'm mad. I'm mad at, you know, somebody who did that to me. I'm mad at that person that abused me. I'm mad. And I told you, you know. Man, we were, we were kicked around, knocked around, and rejected growing up. And I'm telling you, by the time I got to be a teenager, I had a chip on my shoulder. Ooh, I had a fuse that short. Can you see? Can you see how short that is? I'm telling you, I was just mad. I was mad. I was angry. I'd just soon knock you in the head if you did me wrong as to look at you. Come on. We'd get in fight with knives and tire tools and try to run over each other with cars. <laughs> I am. Boy, if you'd known me then. Holy cow, I'm glad you didn't. But, you know, maybe it's not that extreme, but, you know, you have to acknowledge, look, I'm mad. I've been hurt. You know, and, and that was it. You get mad, you lash out. You don't know God, you lash out. It's what you do. <laughs> and here's a big, big, big one. Realize you cannot right all the wrongs. All the wrongs that have been done in your life. All the, you know, forget about waiting for those people to come back and apologize to you. You know, and things that happen in life sometimes, the tragic things, you can't write them all. Listen, I've been around a while. I'm telling you, I know what it's like. I, I've been there. 
I know what it's like to, to be in lack. I know what it's like to lose what you had. I know what it's like to lose a loved one, somebody that's precious to you. I, I know what it's like, man. I've lived life. You know, I haven't been, you know, I haven't been up in the ivory tower with Jesus at the right hand of the Father. I mean, man, I mean, yes, yeah, spiritually seated there, but I've gone through some stuff. How about you? Release the bitterness in your life into the hands of God. You know, if you're bitter, that just means that either you chose not to or you didn't know that you needed to forgive. When you let unforgiveness stay, it always turns into bitterness. It always. The aging of unforgiveness is bitterness. And you know what? It pollutes every part of our life. Forgive yourself. I mentioned this. God and those who have hurt you. This frees you to move on. You say, why do I need to forgive God? Well, it's not that God did anything. But if you think, you know, sometimes we think, well, God could have, he allowed that and he, did, he did, could have stopped it. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He should have stopped that. And he didn't stop it. So I'm mad at God. I'm not kidding. I'm, you know, I've run a lot of people through the years that felt that way. You need to let it go. You need to forgive. Then seek help of others if needed. If you need to work through some unresolved issues, find some people who are spiritual, people who love you, people who believe in you. Don't just open yourself up to anybody. Then finally, the next time you feel hurt feelings come on, pray. Maybe something like, God, right now I need your peace. Calm my mind. Replace my hurt with your love. Could be something like that. But you know... Healing, Jesus said, those who are crushed, those who are brokenhearted, those who have become hopeless. He said, I have come, what? To bring healing, to bring, to rescue you, to retrieve, and, and to restore you. And that's what God wants to do. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.